And welcome to a new episode of the Statcast with me, your host, Harrison Friedman, along with my co-host, Sam Greenman. And it's been a long time since we've talked about anything really basketball-related. We talked about the death of Kobe Bryant, but when we did touch on a little bit, uh, just stuff that had been going on in the NBA, but overall, we really haven't uh, dived deep into it, and both Sam and I think that it's time that we talk a little more basketball. What do you think? Yeah, there's a few teams that have been very good since the All-Star break, and there's been teams that have been, you know, very bad since the All-Star break, and... I've compiled some uh, insight as to why these teams are trending in different directions and what they could possibly do to fix them. Yeah, and we're just going to be talking about teams. We're going to be talking about playoff teams for the majority of this podcast because I think there's some very interesting ones. We'll also be talking about some interesting games that have been going on the last few weeks because there's just been some stuff that you got to talk about. And we got to talk about the All-Star game. we got to talk about Zion. That's stuff we haven't touched on on the pod yet, even if we talked about it in real life. So... You know what? You ready, Sam? Yeah, I am. But uh, first, Milo Hamilton. Swinging, lining it to left. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Chris Burke. Holy Toledo. What a way to All right, and welcome back to the Statcast. So, Sam, we've had some really interesting games over the past few weeks. We had the All-Star game, as mentioned, but what I wanted to ask you first is, did you see, a couple nights ago, LeBron versus Zion, the first matchup? I did. What did you think of that game? Honestly, I feel like it was a game of runs, a lot that both teams kind of traded taking seven or six point leads two or three possession leads in Mm -hmm. the last five minutes ultimately the lakers took it because they have much more depth and i think a lot of people would say they would have more talent which is true but i would say is they have more experience yeah what i saw in that game is it was almost i almost felt like the teams had similar talents it's just that one team knew how to use theirs effectively for a while, and the other sort of uh, just sort of froze up when the moment got too big. Yeah, it seemed one team was seven was the same players, just seven years older. Exactly. I mean, what's very interesting about that game is not only is it the first meeting of LeBron versus Zion, and Zion as a rookie has just taken the entire league by storm. Like, we know John Moran's probably going to win Rookie of the Year because of the sheer amount of games that he's played, but Zion in the eleven-ish games that he's played right now has been one of the best player just best players in the league let alone best rookies in the league and so we got to we got to talk about that and so what we saw we saw a lot of Zion we also saw a lot of Brandon Ingram who's been a really great breakout player this year we talked about him a little bit early in the season when he was making 50% of his catch and shoot threes per game and he's still shooting 40% on threes for the season which is really impressive like that stayed consistent and been a bit surprising, especially when some people were a little worried that with Zion on the team, a guy who kind of needs the ball, that someone like Brandon Ingram was just going to take a step back. But he's really done well with Zion on the floor, as a matter of fact. But, as a matter of fact, the Pelicans, since Zion made his debut, are 8-6. and six. Yeah, which is a lot better than the Pelicans had been. And that's the, I mean, they're under 500 right now, but they're making a serious playoff push for the eight seed, which they're only a couple of, I would say, three games out of right now. Yeah, they're behind the Blazers and the um, Grizzlies right now. Right, but the Grizzlies, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. has been hurt. Yep. As of recently, Brandon Clark was hurt in the game a few nights ago. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like the Grizzlies are in a bit of a free fall. They just got walloped by the Rockets last night. And so the Grizzlies are probably not going to be able to retain that seed again they did trade away a couple of their veterans at the trade deadline like Jay Crowder and so even and so even though Josh Jackson has actually been doing really well for the first time in his career is after being the number four pick by Phoenix back in 2017 uh, they don't think it's a team that's gonna be able to maintain their spot and the issue with the Blazers is that Dame Lillard is hurt so even as Nurkic gets closer and closer to hopefully coming back that team has also got to stay healthy the one team that's healthy at the right time is the New Orleans Pelicans and that's why I think they're gonna be able to make a push but anyway Talking more about the game and about Zion overall, the Pelicans, I think, are 
some crazy amount, like plus 80 at least with Zion on the floor over the season, which is just an insane number for any player, but it speaks to how good Zion's been in the spurts that he's been able to play. Yeah, so Zion is on-off numbers. The Pelicans, when he's off, their offensive rating drops by 6, and and the opponent offensive rating rises by 9. So he's basically, per game, he's he's 15 points better. He makes the team 15 points better when he's on the court versus when he's off the court. Which is what what happens when you have... I would hesitate to call him a superstar yet, even though we know it's just a matter of time, but he's at the very least a star player. I mean, uh, he's, tw- player. he's averaging 23-7 and seven on 57% shooting. Exactly. I mean, we could just talk about Zion. We could talk about the game. I did want to mention a few more things about the game. What was interesting is that the, these Lakers are just an exceptionally uh, deep team. Not only are they a deep team, they're really hard to stop, as evidenced by what was going on with who was being guarded by whom. And so what you had a lot was they had, the Pelicans had to put Zion on Anthony Davis in a lot of situations, which he did admirably because even though Anthony Davis is six foot eleven and Zion's only six eggs, Zion is just a tank built built by muscles, and he's got to be at least two hundred eighty five pounds, if not more, at this point. But at the same time, the Pelicans had to put Drew Holiday on LeBron or Josh Hart on LeBron. LeBron has a picture up on his Instagram of him just absolutely destroying Josh Hart on a dunk in the half-court offense. And so that's the kind, that's the that was the game where you kind of see what teams are going to have to do to stop the teams. You, we saw what the Rockets did. What the Rockets did but with their super small ball lineup that we're going to talk about later against the Lakers is they just basically said, you know what, we'll put P.J. Tucker on Anthony Davis and try to stop LeBron more. And Anthony Davis is not as... I don't know, I would say as ready as LeBron to just take someone to the rack every time. Like, every once in a while, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm Anthony Davis. No one can really stop me. And he goes up to the rim and just pushes it down. But he's not the same kind of, like, Giannis-like guy, in which case Giannis is the focal point of the offense. Giannis is trying to lead the break every time and is tr- is the fo- is trying to score every time he gets down. And so if Anthony Davis can really uh, try more often, I mean, it's not that he's not trying. It's just that... He could score in every possession if he so chooses to, it seems like, at a lot of times. And he did whenever he wanted to against the Rockets. But against the Pelicans, it was a little harder because he had Zion on him, and LeBron was able to basically take charge. And when you, you got to pick your poise when it's, Zion, when it's LeBron or Davis. Because See, what, the thing that they've been doing guys. is as soon as a lot of teams, as soon as Anthony Davis gets it in the post, they just double him exactly. immediately yeah. and just leave somebody open, which honestly, like if you think about this rationally, you're more likely to give up three points if you double Anthony Davis than you are to give up two points if you just sit down and guard him. At the same time, though, Davis isn't quite as good of a passer as we might hope. He, like We talked about Giannis versus Anthony Davis. Giannis is averaging nearly seven assists a game. Anthony Davis is averaging three and a half on a good day. And so Giannis is a much better passer than uh, Anthony Davis is, and Anthony Davis just... I don't know if he refuses to facilitate or if he has a lot of turnovers when, when he does, but LeBron is much more the facilitator on that team. And when Anthony Davis gets doubled, he turns the ball over sometimes, or he still tries to make the shot, and he just isn't quite as good of a passer. I'd love to see how many secondary assists and assist possibilities that Anthony Davis has, because I feel like it would be very high. It could be, but I, just watching him, it doesn't seem like he's quite as good of a passer as he might have. And also, that Lakers team doesn't really have that much shooting surrounding him. Like, they've got LeBron, of course, but you're not taking a guy off LeBron when you double Anthony Davis. And so, but, like, when you can definitely just take a guy off JaVale McGee if they insist on putting all three of those guys. No, they're not, never going to put JaVale and Anthony Davis on the floor together. Yeah, I mean, they have at some point. They, I, I mean, I'm sure they have, but that's... It's, it's a gross luck. That's, 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 a, that's what they're starting lineups That's a late first like a, quarter lineup. Yeah, but anyway... Um. Yeah, with Zion. Do you want to talk about Zion? Let's talk about the Z- Zion, but first let's talk about the Pelicans. Okay. Since Zion, they're eight and six. Yeah, they were, they Out. were already on like a decent run before Zion came around, which should be noted. But Zion has just let them keep rolling. They're outscoring opponents by five over that span, shooting forty nine percent from the field, thirty nine percent from three. They're averaging thirty assists per game. Lonzo Ball was just on another level the other night. There was this one... I, the podcast can't do this justice, but there was this one play where Lonzo faked going right and then just spun a perfect bounce pass to Zion as he barreled from the side and just went up and dunked the ball. And it was exactly what you've been hoping. Uh, I think 
30% of Lonzo Ball's assists are to Zion Williamson since he started playing on the team. The downside to this is they have they average 17 turnovers a game. Yeah, that's which is a little point. more than you want. Against the Rockets, this was pretty much this is very evident in what was I think the first big test for Zion and the Pelicans couldn't quite pull it off. And they played against the Rockets I think a couple weeks ago and they won the rebound battle by 29 because again, the Rockets aren't a center. The Rockets are a weird team. Again, we'll talk about them soon. But the Pelicans had 20 more turnovers than the Rockets. And that's not something that's going to win your games. And this was also happened against the Lakers. There were a couple times when the Pelicans took the lead for a little bit, and then suddenly their offense stalled, and they were just shooting a bunch of bad, bad contested three-pointers and turning the ball over a lot. They're a team that you can make make mistakes. Even though they can do some incredible things on a the court, they're a very young team. I think the Pelicans are very—Pelicans fans should be very excited when they see the potential. If they can eliminate— um, even just like three or four of these turnovers per game and get it, get it yeah. down to like 13 turnovers per game. Like even even just keeping the assist ratio, assist to turnover ratio at two to one. Yeah, they've been losing a lot of close games since Zion has Yeah, they lost, games they lost have been close. The de- debut, he lost, they lost with the Spurs yeah, by four. They probably would have won they would have won if stayed he, in. Yeah. But he probably couldn't because of his first game back in, I don't know how long. It had been like almost a year since he had last played basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not counting preseason. But yeah, now switching over to Zion, I looked this up. Apparently, he, he so he's averaging seven rebounds a game. 3.4 of them are offensive rebounds. Yeah, Zion, what's been really interesting to see is what he's really good at. What he's been really good at so far are a few things. It's offensive rebounding, which he seems to have a real knack for. Like, he's very fast and explosive and can get up faster than anybody, and he's got a great second step or not second step sorry his second jump is much better than most other guys first jump he just jumps and he gets right back up there and so you just see him flying through a mass of bodies to grab the rebound just several times a game which has been really good to see and also he just one other thing he's been incredible at is just he backs a guy he's out muscling seven foot centers like Rudy Gobert and just these big guys all around he just backs them up once or twice up with a left hand in for a layup, in for an easy layup. I think in years to come, he'll definitely be the center yeah. of that team. Exactly. I mean, they've had Derek Favors on the court with him sometimes, which I don't love because that's two non-shooters. Zion has only made one three-pointer since his incredible debut in which he went four for four. He is still above 40%. Yeah, but he's just not shooting him that much. Point and, at point nine attempts yeah. per game, though. The real question is what happens if when his free throw rate goes back up because it was decent in college and he's just been really bad in the NBA and what he's been doing is he's been shooting a lot of balls short on his free throw attempts which makes me think that he's just gassed when he goes to the free throw line and he doesn't quite have the power to get them right all the way back up there. He's also not that good a free throw shooter. I'm pretty sure he shoots under 60% from the line. Well, he was better in college than he has been in the NBA. Right now he's playing a lot Um, like Shaq. Free throw percentage usually... Corresponds to, I th- I feel like it's at least partially due to the fact that he's just tired. Like, he's not, if you look at his shot, look there's like a lot of shape. flaws. That's true. He did have to rebuild his shot, and it's kind of evident when you look at his three-point shot. It doesn't look a lot like it did in college. But I think that will come around. I think the outside shooting will at least come around a little bit. He's scoring so much around the rim that it's just really impressive to see someone do that in this day and age when so many people are just shooting threes. Yeah, and it's yeah. But the fa- but there is a lot of spacing when he it does do that, and so he just bullies guy guys. It doesn't matter if the guy's bigger or smaller than Zion. Although he did have a little bit of trouble with Giannis, but still, gr- just grabbed the ball away from him one time, and Giannis's hands are enormous. So I am been so excited watching Zion. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think I think he's got incredible potential yeah. in this league. I think he could average 30 next season. Yeah, 30 and 10. He yeah. He might be one of the best offensive rebounders we've seen in a long, long time. Uh, who else? I don't know. It's just seeing what he does in the post. It's not like he's bringing post-up moves back. He's just got a couple of things that he goes to. But one thing that I also love is just what a smart basketball player he seems to be and ha- what he picks up so quickly. Because there's so many times where you just see him make the right pass to the right guy. He's very good in transition, even though his handle isn't quite what it should be, because he does turn the ball over a decent amount. But he's very good at making the right pass and making like a quick bullet pass, especially when he needs to. And yeah, it, it definitely benefits him 
when he has a full head of steam, people, his defenders just start backing up, which you know gives li- the gives lanes to his his teammates so they can cut in exactly hoops. So, yeah, yeah. Zion is always has always been a really underrated passer. Maybe everyone's actually properly rated him because everyone calls him an underrated passer. Yeah, I've always like debated that. if everybody calls him underrated, then it's like it's, then he's actually properly rated. Yeah, but yeah. So Zion's been great. And speaking of someone else who isn't shooting a lot of threes and is scoring a majority of their points in the post, we got to talk about Russell Westbrook. Yes, okay. Not even Russell Westbrook. Let's talk about the Rockets because... Well, can we start on Russell Westbrook? Okay. Okay, we can... well, fine. We'll start on the Rockets. Let's start on the Rockets. Since January 31st, they are 46% from the field, 38% from three, 18 made threes per game, which, you know, it's Rockets. Yeah. Plus nine, um, 121 points per game, 112 allowed. Um, they are, as you said, they're being out-rebounded by 10 per game, but yeah. the turn- their turnover differential is plus six, so they turn the ball over six fewer times per game than their opponent on average, and they are holding their opponents to 34% from three. The Rockets have been phenomenal lately. Yeah, it's and what like you said, Russell Westbrook is the epitome of their turnaround. I guess would you call it a turnaround? Well, I would call it a turnaround. So let's. This is pretty much what they've done. What the Rockets decided to do at the trade deadline, for those who didn't see it, was they traded their only real center who plays minutes, Clint Capella, who they drafted several years back and have had for a couple years and he's been really good for the team especially in 2017 when he and the pick and roll with him Harden with three shooters around them was described by Zach Lowe as just an impossible play to stop it's because it always results in something because you either double Harden or you let Capella go to the rim or you leave a shooter open and it's basically impossible but Ever since James Harden has been doing a lot more iso ball, especially when they got, when they added Chris Paul, and he and Chris Paul would just do a lot of isolation, dribble into a three-point shot. And so those have been really effective. James Harden shooting, um, uh, what is it? 36% from three, I think. Yeah, it's he's just been so good at what he does, and he's been better than anyone else. It's been one of the most effective shots in basketball, him shooting for three. And so... But ever since Russell Westbrook came to the team, they had a bit of an issue because Chris Paul, phenomenal three-point shooter. He is someone that teams will respect if you have him in the corner or on the side spotting up from three. No one really respects Russell Westbrook because his shot, which wasn't that good to begin with, has kind of cratered in recent years, his his three-point shot. And so what the Rockets realized is that Russell Westbrook and James Harden might play well together, but only without a center in the middle because Russell Westbrook, even he though... He acts as the center because yeah, he can't really shoot. Even Yeah, exactly. Russell Westbrook, at 31 years old, is still one of the fastest guys in the league, one of the strongest guys in the league, and is just pretty much unstoppable when he gets down to... when he gets to the line, just going towards the basket because he's got a great array of moves. He scores so many of his points in the paint. And so when the Rockets take out Clint Capella a non-shooter who can clog the lane, then suddenly the Rockets can play five out with P.J. Tucker, their new addition to Robert Covington, who is a classic. He's just basically a Trevor Ariza clone, but younger. I, I, I love how, how many Trevor Ariza clones the Rockets have had over the years. It's because Trevor Ariza is the perfect player for the Rockets to surround James yes. Harden with. Exactly. And so at P.J. Tucker, who's been great for them, Eric Gordon, Daniel House, just... Austin Rivers, who's been really good running, sort of running the second team, even though Russell Westbrook runs the second team. And so basically, the Rockets always have one of James Harden or Russell Westbrook in the game. And when a Russell Westbrook's in the game, there's just so much space. And he can go at any center he wants, or any player, basically, in, that there is. And so, I mean, if the, you leave the lane open, he's driving to it and he's getting a layup in traffic. If you completely close it off, he can still pull up from 15 feet, even if he can't pull up from 25. And so Russell Westbrook has really been having a renaissance. Ever since they traded Clint Capella, Russell Westbrook has been averaging over 30 points a game. He's been averaging more points per per game than Harden, who has led the league in scoring the past two years. And so it's just been really impressive to see. The Rockets are are 5-1 in the last six games. They've beaten the Lakers. They've beaten the Jazz. The only game that they lost was without Russell Westbrook. That was to the Suns, I believe. Yeah, it was, it was that was a bad night overall. Yeah. But other than that, they've been destroying bad teams and beat and solidly beating 
really, really good teams. I mean, the Jazz are kind of in free-for-all right now, so it's a different story, but they beat the Lakers in what was one of the more impressive games of the season. Let's talk about the Jazz. Do we want to talk more about the Rockets? or? Did you want to talk more about the Rockets? I mean, I could talk about the Rockets all day, but I don't know if we should. I... God, what a but yeah, what a fun rocket scene this is. This is so much better than earlier on the season when Russell Westbrook and James Harden really weren't meshing together. It was more like the James Harden show with Russell Westbrook kind of not knowing what to do. What Russell Westbrook has done is stop shooting three pointers. That's something that we never thought we were really gonna ever see. And it had always been the talk of the league. Oh, when Russell Westbrook sh- stops shooting threes, then the Thunder are gonna be good. Well, he had to leave the Thunder to make it happen. But now Russell Westbrook and Zion. Williams, he had to go to the most prolific three-point shooting team to stop shooting threes. Which is insane to think about. So counterintuitive. I know. Except it makes the most sense because do you know what Russell Westbrook did not have when he was on the Thunder that whole time? A center. No spacing. He didn't have guys he could pass out the three. Like when they had KD. When it was Russ and KD, especially those last couple years, they had basically no shooters. They like Thabo Cephalosha or whatever, or like Reggie Jackson. They always had, but yeah, I guess Stephen Adams was always exactly mucking it up in there. Yeah, you don't have you had so little spacing that Russell Westbrook kind of had to nominally be the three point shooter. And now when Russell Westbrook can basically play as Russell Westbrook is like the center on offense, who can handle the ball, while PJ Tucker is center on defense. PJ Tucker. Deserves like a defensive MVP if the defensive player. I said it last year. I thought he should have gotten yeah. DPOY consideration. Exactly. At the very least, first team all defense. Because somehow he's, he's never gotten, which is insane. To I think, think about. him, Draymond Green, and maybe Kawhi are the only players that can guard five positions. Yeah, Giannis. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if Giannis guards. can guard point guards. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you're right. Although Giannis has done decently on Harden. I mean, Harden has also cooked him sometimes, but. Also, Harden's a little bit, a little bit bigger than a regular point guard. But anyway, yeah, it, Russell Westbrook and Zion have probably been the two most interesting players to watch uh, over the last several games. Just because, and what's crazy that even in this, no, end, you're leaving somebody out. You're gonna, I'm sure you're gonna talk about him. All right. But uh, oh yeah, I know exactly who you're talking <laughs> about. <laughs> but yeah, what they've been doing is basically scoring lots of points in the paint, which is something that we had always wondered about. It, it's, the question was basically, are centers going to try it or make a comeback now that they know that a lot of teams don't have centers? And the answer is, not quite. It's that really strong guys who are really adept at scoring in the paint are going to find it easier to score in the paint than ever because of the relative lack of centers in the league. And that's what you're seeing in Zion and Russell Westbrook. And Giannis. And Giannis, that's true. Giannis is just unstoppable. Like, we talk about Shaq. Uh, there are Shaq comparisons but to be made for both Giannis and Zion, although I think both of them handle the ball a little bit better than Shaq ever did. But though those two are both wrecking balls, and I can't wait for it to be their league. Yeah, I, It already is Giannis's league, honestly. If only he would draft better in the All-Star game. <laughs> He's been so bad two years in a row. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to... All right, so I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Let's go. Giannis was thinking he had three... There were three players on the board left. Trey Young, James Harden... And Kemba Walker. And Kemba Walker. He said, hmm, this is a tough decision. I'm choosing between Trey Young and Kemba Walker. Insane. To, insane. insane but I, I would also, James Harden's never been that good in the All-Star game. I would also like to point out that the starters were all West and all East Yeah. by team. Which is kind of crazy. Which is he, weird. He said he wanted a guy who can pass the ball. Trey Young and James Harden both averaged more assists per game than Kemba Walker. But whatever. I, I just wanted to go off on that tangent. Let's get yeah. back Let's get back to yeah, it. It was basically NBA. West versus East, except with, with Ben Simmons on the West team. Which yeah. I love. I want to talk more about Ben Simmons, but this isn't the time to talk more about Ben Simmons. So let's talk about instead someone else who was actually on the LeBron's All Star team. Why don't we talk about your boy, Jason so Tatum? Jason Tatum since January twentieth. St. Louis kid, by the St. way. St. Louis. St. Kid. Louis kid. went to Chaminade High School. The same place that Bradley Beal and David yep. Lee went to. So we love Jason Tatum in St. Louis. Uh, We're just gonna say that. You you love yeah. I love bringing that up. So since January 20th, he's averaging 29-7-3 and three with a steal on the block, shooting 51 from the field, 49% from three mm. on eight threes a game, eight attempted threes a game. Yeah. And he's a plus 11. Jason Tatum has made the leap. Jason Tatum has The capital made, L. I leap. think there's more room to grow. Yeah. Jason, what I was, what people have been talking about, I think, with the Celtics for a while with the Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combo. It's like, oh, it's like a little Kawhi versus a li- and a little Paul George together. Except what's going on in this case is that the little Paul George is going to be better than the little Kawhi. 
Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum might, might, honestly might be as good as Paul George is right now. Jason Tatum has basically, he's the kind of guy that LeBron gave props to. I mean, of course, he was great his rookie year, and he wasn't quite as good last year, but the Celtics were kind of in a funk with the whole Kyrie Irving thing. I'm sure they're very glad to be rid of this year. And Jason Tatum is getting to the yeah, rim a lot more. you don't see Kyrie more. Irving in the court these days, do you? You do not. He's been out for most of the season. He's out for the season. He's out. Yeah, he's out now, and he had been out for a lot of the season. Uh, and the Nets are barely in the playoffs. And they're going to – actually, they'll probably get better since they don't have Kyrie. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, um, what were we saying about – yeah, Jason Tatum, he's been getting to the rim a lot more, which is something that he really didn't do his uh, second season in the league. And he's the kind of guy who's big enough – He's fast enough uh, so that you kind of think that he is the guy who should be shooting a lot of threes, making a lot of threes, and also living at the line. And he's finally able, he's finally been doing that a lot more. And I, the Celtics and Lakers played a phenomenal game recently. The Lakers, very controversial. Very controversial. I know, I know. But it was great ending. Just a great played game overall. The Lakers are playing a lot. The Lakers are a phenomenal thing. We keep talking about the Lakers playing all these great games because Anthony Davis and LeBron together is just great for the league because I don't know this is a little bit of a tangent but I think that they're just not quite as good as the Warriors were I mean they're obviously not as good as the Warriors were no they're definitely not but they're good enough that they're like the kind of barometer you measure your team against and sometimes your team can beat them because they are definitely beatable but they're very hard to beat Clippers have beaten them a couple times Rockets have beaten them a couple times I think lost once and the Celtics have. Did they beat them the first time they lose? The we time? beat them by 30. Beat them the first time, crushed them apparently, and lost this time. But yeah, talk, tell me one more, Jason Tatum. What do you want me to tell you? Oh my God. He's Anything. just taking out, he's just taking over the entire offense. And with Kemba out, it's, it's interesting because Kemba, his, he brings offense to the game to when yeah. he's on the court, but his defense is not that great. Yeah. And Tatum's been a really great he's, defender. Yeah, he's a great two-way guy, mm-hmm. which makes him the plus 11, whereas Kemba Walker is only about a plus one when you his on-off splits. Yeah. He's, he's only a plus one because he's plus eight on the offensive end, but only but minus seven on the defensive end. Yeah. So as a team, the Celtics, in their last 17 games, have gone 14-3. and three. They're averaging... They're beating their opponents by an average of nine points. They're pretty solidly in the three seed by this point. They might we're even be the for two, two seed. We're gonna we're only a game behind. They're a game behind the, the two, and they're five games ahead of the Heat for the four, for the three, I guess. We're shooting. The Celtics are shooting forty percent from the field, forty percent from three, and we're only allowing forty three percent from our opponents and thirty three percent from three from our opponents. So, it's been very impressive to see. Jason Tatum is the ninth ranked player in the league by Raptor. And his defense rates highly, and his offense rates really highly, and it's just, it's just been such a good season from him. It's the kind of season that everyone was kind of hoping for when Kyrie left, and it, there was a question of whether he would make the leap or Jalen Brown would make the leap. Jalen Brown They've was both very made the leap. yeah. I th- we were talking about this um, when the All Star teams got announced, and you were kind of annoyed that Jason Tatum made the team while Jalen Brown did make the team because you were more of a Jalen Brown stan, but. At the same, uh, Jason Tatum has just been so good this year and so integral to the Celtics winning games. And it's not as surprising that as he's been heating up, the Celtics have been just being one of the best. They've just been one of the best teams in the league and might end up being the two seed in the East, which I, th- I think is important to have home field advantage against Toronto. Field? Home court, whatever. Eh, same thing. But I- yeah. I don't. I don't want to harp on playoff matchups too uh, yet because we still have twenty five games left in the season. But also, you don't want to play the you. Who would you rather play? Would you rather play Indiana or Brooklyn in the first round? There's a there's a significant difference between those two. I teams. don't know if there is because Indiana is looking pretty bad. Indiana is looking bad, but they're the kind, they have enough talent that I think they're still going to be. They're, they'd be an issue if. Do they though? They just lost Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, but Jeremy Lamb isn't Domas Sabonis. And if Oladipo can round at least a little bit into shape, I'm just saying that I would feel a lot more comfortable with like an easy sweep or an easy the four Celtic, one round. The Celtics swept them last year when before Brogdon. Yeah, and before Sabonis. I mean, 
I don't think they would lose to them. I just think that it would be a more entertain you it, it would be a little bit tougher of a series going up against the Pacers who are seven and a half games better than the Nets. I don't think either series would go past five games. Yeah, but one one would one wouldn't be close, the game the series against the Nets. Yeah. The Nets and Magic, they're cute, but they're not really doing that much. All right. Who do you want to move on to next? We you, we mentioned the Jazz as a team. Yeah, let's go Jazz. They have performing been... under expectations. See, that's what you think. They're since January twenty fifth, they're four and nine. Their shooting numbers aren't bad. They're forty seven from the field, thirty seven from three. Their turnover differential is a bit is a bit worrisome. They're minus five. Their opponents are shooting one percent better than they are, which is, I would. I feel like this paints them in in a picture that I saw before the season, was, which was that this is this run, this four and nine run, is not a result of the of them just going through a bad slump in the season. They're just not as good. They're just team. not that good. They have the whole Conley Ingles mess, which was weird because there was a story that was out. So yeah, so Mike Conley got told that he was going to. Be benched. Be benched. So not he was benched, like, but he'd be the sixth man. He'd yeah. be the second team. So he said, "All right," and then took a nap. Then woke up and found out that it's not him that's being benched. It's Joe Ingles that's being benched. Yeah. Which neither of them have been very good at defense this year. No. They've performed badly, which with either of them on or off the court. But even and Joe Ingles' offense, I would probably say has been better. But I just don't know what kind of fit Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley are next to each other. I don't really like that in the backboard. Donovan Mitchell has been having the best season of his life. He's been really phenomenal to watch this year. and He's just stuck on a kind of a middling team. I would exactly. call the Jazz a middling team. I would not call the Jazz a middling team. I would call team. the I Jazz, think the jazz a are a good team, but they're a good— they're, they, they're, they are a 46-win team. They're good against bad teams, but I don't know how often they beat good teams. And, like, they've been stuck against the Rockets in the, the first or second round of the last few playoffs and have been beaten pretty soundly every time. And they can't really do much against them this year. Like, Rudy Gobert sh- should be able to feast on the Rockets. And he did to a degree when they played them the first time. They played them twice since uh, Covington got traded. And so the Rockets are Covington and they got Ray Capella. They won the first time, but they lost the second time relatively soundly when the Rockets were just me- meshing. The first time they won was on a buzzer beater after the Rockets got what was almost a buzzer beater from P.J. Tucker. But... I'm just a little worried about their team because Rudy Gobert seems to be slacking off a bit, and even as he is currently in the running for his third defensive player in the year a row, for the third defensive player of the year award in a row, he has been sort of slacking off a little bit on defense. He really hasn't been getting much going on offense because he just does not have the ball in his hands at all, and I'm just a little worried that that team, as currently built, isn't going to survive. I mean, people have said that. Well, there's last year's team plus Bogdanovich and Conley. So just that starting the starting lineup with Bogdanovich, last year's starting lineup with Bogdanovich in it does work relatively well, I think. Like, I would love a lineup of Mitchell, Ingles, Royce O'Neal, who I talked, I raved about before the season. Yeah, I'm a fan of Royce O'Neal. I'm a huge Royce O'Neal fan, who's been great, great on defense, honestly. Uh, Bogdanovich and Gobert. I think the Rockets should pick him up. The Rockets should be a Rosen Hill? I, I don't know. I, I mean, just, I would love like that, a, but the issue yeah. is that he's too integral, I think. He's a classic Rockets player, but unfortunately he's, he's spoken for. Yeah. But, yeah. Put Conley on the second team. That's my take. He did seem to heat up a little bit before the All-Star game, but since then he just has not been that good. It's been really unfortunate. I mean, sometimes when you hit the – when you, whatchamacallit, when you start declining, you start declining really fast, and – Conley is probably never going to be the same guy that he was in Memphis, which is unfortunate because he had a chance to compete for a title this year. We talked about the Jazz. I mean, I think we did have them in the fifth spot. You had them them probably in, like, the third spot. I did not have them in the third spot. I had the Clippers in the third spot. I know I had them lower than most. Yeah. I had them in the fifth spot, I believe. But, yeah. I I think they're a good team. I just don't think... I think the talk pre-this pre this season of them being finals contenders was probably premature. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think they're going to get out of the first round this year. So that's unfortunate. I'll, I'll, I will toot my own horn about this take because Lord knows I can't toot my own horn about Hawks at four. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I said I said I liked them and that they were going to be the five seed, and I think that holds relatively strong. I think you had them at five, too. I don't know who else you would have had there. 
might have had the Jazz at six because I like the Blazers. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, you do like the Blazers. Oh, that was a bad take. It wasn't a bad take. They're the fighting, ninth seed. Fi- fighting for the eighth seed. They're fighting for the eighth seed. They're not going to get the eighth seed. I said I think I had them as the nine, eight or the nine, but I, yeah, I don't know. Pelican, the team that's really surprising me, I want to say, is the Thunder. We didn't. Yeah, have, uh, there's they're four, four or five right now. Yeah, Shea Gilgis Alexander has been one of the most fun players to watch in the league. Everyone kind of thought the Clippers were nuts for trading, but also was like, yeah, but you have to trade him or else you're not going to get Paul George, and just unfortunate because Paul George really hasn't done that much. Well, Shea Gilgis Alexander has been. Great for the clip for the Thunder. He, Paul George, and Dennis Schroeder have been just a phenomenal three guard lineup together. I think I heard something that they were. Paul George is not on the. Sorry, Thunder. not Paul George. Chris Paul. I get him confused sometimes because of Paul. Um, they've been uh, plus thirty together, which is kind of crazy. How many do you? Th- is that in like high in, minutes? In closing, in when when they close games. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I guess those are important uh, minutes, but. I know it's. I don't know if it's in closing situation time. I know it's in 160 minutes. But yeah, they've been really good together. They've won a couple close games recently. I don't know who they beat last night, but it was a good game. I think it was the Heat. I think they beat the Heat last night in a game that went down to the wire. But yeah, Chris Paul has been ha- has been having the kind of season everyone was like, he kind of might still be good if you give him his own keys to the team. And he's been he's been really good for the Thunder. The issue with the Thunder is that outside of those three point guards, the team just isn't all that great. Unfortunately, but yeah, they're still the sixth seed, which people had them making the playoffs. I think they're going to have a better record than they did last year, which is kind of hilarious, seeing as how the Rockets have the Rockets been better with Russell Westbrook. Would you say that? Than the Thunder with Russell Westbrook and the Rockets with Chris Paul. Oh, last year's Rockets with Chris last Paul. Year, yes, last year's Rockets with Chris Paul. They were be- the this year's Rockets are better. You'd say that? Yeah, I thought. I mean, last year's Rockets could have contended for the title. But they almost beat Golden State. I, they did not be almost beat every Golden game State. Was, every game was close. I mean, uh, to be fair, if they, they almost beat Golden State, meaning they got lucky when Kevin Durant tore his, uh, pre-tore his Achilles. Mm. And they could have won that, but they didn't. Yeah. I, I, I like this Rockets team better. I think they I think everybody likes this Rockets team better. Yeah. Because everyone likes rooting for Russell, Russell Westbrook. Even much, mm. No, I think no. people like rooting for Russell no, they don't. Westbrook when... He's just doing the kind of stuff that made people fall in love with him in the first place and not just, like, the stack-grabbing stuff. Like, he's not stat-padding this year. There's no way he averages a triple-double. His whole beef with Lillard has gotten him a lot of negativity. That's fair. But also, Lillard did kind of end Paul George's whole career last year. I mean, it was a bad shot. It was a bad shot, but Lillard knew he could make it. (laughs) And that's what PG said. He said it was a bad shot. Well, sometimes bad shots win you series. And Lord knows that. I know what it's like it, to have Damian Lillard end your team season on a buzzer beater. Yeah, you guys got swept. I remember that. We did not get swept. Yeah, you did. We lost in six games. Okay, maybe you did. In six games. But that was Dwight Air Rockets. That, that was those, Dwight Air Rockets. Oh, those are Jeremy Lin, Chandler Parsons. Troy Daniels. Was Troy Daniels on, even on that team? Yeah. Might have been. Troy Daniels is on the Lakers. He's not really playing a lot of minutes, but his fashion is looking on point. I just want to say that. Yeah. I saw some suits that he was wearing. They look great. Anyway... Who else are we talking about? Uh, Mavericks. Let's talk about the Mavs. The Mavs are not doing as great as they had been earlier on this season. I didn't write any stats for them down because I saw no changes. No changes? They're just playing tougher opponents. Yeah, I think that's fair. The Mavs have been... um, That and Luka has been on and off injured. Yeah. I mean, the team just... They ha- yeah like well they haven't been quite as good they played the when they played the Bucks it was kind of just like a, oh yeah the Mavs aren't like legitimate contenders this year because Giannis wait what? which Bucks game are you talking about the one with Giannis I don't know Bucks beat but, them. yeah but they beat them by like three points yeah I don't know yeah the Mavs I guess you could say they're doing more of the same they just haven't they haven't gone up in the standings they're probably giving the seven seed which is very interesting to play if you're the two seed like. A the nu- Nuggets. A Nuggets Mavs. Yeah. If the Nuggets even hold on to that because the Rockets are one game behind him. But, so yeah, Nuggets got to watch out. But, I don't know. I, I would, honestly, we were just talking about playoff matchups. I would love, uh, what would be what would be the perfect matchups? I want to say Rockets Mavs, a classic, Luka versus Harden. They do the same kind of step back three, same to same style, except, and they've always been rivals. They're in Texas. 
You've got Lakers, Pelicans, which would be incredible. Well, I don't know why you're just skipping past Lakers, Clippers. All right. No, no, first round matchup. Oh. You think the Lakers are gonna play the Clippers in the first round? To be bad for the Clippers, but no, this is just first round matchups. And then Clippers versus Thunder. Now that would be a hell yeah, of a matchup. Yeah, that's wow. That would be so much fun. Clippers to say. Thunder with with Chris Paul on the Thunder. With yeah, Chris Paul on the Thunder, but also Shea Gilgeous Alexander, Danilo Gallinari on the Thunder. Yeah. Which and Paul George. On the Clippers. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, Kawhi Leonard has his own history of playing into Thunder while he's on the Spurs. But. Yeah. I think that would be a really fun matchup. And I kind of like the Thunder's chances on that. I, l- I think Kawhi might be the best player in basketball, I guess, besides Giannis. But I don't know if I love how the way they're playing right now. And then the last matchup would just be Nuggets versus Jazz, which is a classic, classic matchup, right? Classic Pacific. Classic matchup that Cla- no one really Classic landlocked cares teams. That much about. <laughs> <laughs> classic small market matchup. Yeah, it's classic West versus uh, Mem- West. Mountain Grizzlies, West versus Nug- Mountain Grizzlies West. Nuggets can't wait. Oh, my. Oh, ugh. Don't <laughs> like that. Oh, well, you know what? Actually, I actually kind of like the Grizzlies. I just don't think the Jazz are nice. I, just, all that I mean, I want to see John Morant. I do want to see John Morant, but I, don't, I, I want to see Zion in the playoffs. That team has a chance to make that series fun. Like, like what if they perform like last year's Clippers did when they played the Warriors? That was a fun. That was a yeah. fun as hell series. And I, mm, I, okay, that, it was, there was fun for two games. Yeah, that's, but just the fact, actually no, it was fun for one game. Well, because they blew because they kind of blew the Warriors out in the other game. Yeah, but that was great to watch happen. Not really. I loved it. I don't know. I've. I was not a big Warriors fan back when that, that stuff was happening. But although we are getting Steph back soon. Allegedly. Allegedly. Apparently his hand is nerve damage, so that's scary. I'm sorry. As a, someone who has made his career on being the best three-point shooter of all time, that's a little scary to me, but whatever. You do your thing, Steve Kerr. But anyway, let's switch to the Eastern Conference and talk about one team that's been good and bad and that's the way they've been all season because they are the weirdest team in the NBA. We're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers. So the problem with the Sixers is they don't know how to count to three. Tell me how. Tell me how they count to three. One, two. Is that where we're there? Is that it? Is that all they can get to? It's really all they can get to. They really just don't know how to shoot threes. Yeah. And no one on their team is really good at shooting threes. Josh Richardson is, like, nominally their best three-point. Like, Matisse Tybel has to shoot threes sometimes for them. He's not a Tobias good... Harris is more of a volume shooter than a spot-up shooter. Yeah. Like, Furkan Korkmaz, is that your guy? Do you really want to be starting him at all? Do you want to play and be playing him at all? He's, like, been he's really been fine. He's not, like, a revelation. And uh, Joel Embiid in the corner. Joel Embiid is uh, – it looks kind of bad for him. Yeah. He has a shoulder sprain, which usually the shoulder doesn't keep you out for a short period of time. I mean, yeah, we saw what happened with Paul George last year, though. He probably did, like, dislocate both of his shoulders last year, like, tear the muscles. So that seemed pretty bad. But, yeah, so Ben Simmons is hurt with a back injury. The scariest kind of injury is the one where they say, oh, yeah, there's no timetable to return. We don't know when he's going to be coming back. I, when they say no timetable, I automatically think one month. Yeah, you, and I sometimes think just, oh, he's out for the season. Well, you see... I mean, I know he's not, but that's... The funny thing is, Sim- Simmons, when he's on the court, doesn't have an effect. Their net rating's the same with him on and off. Okay, but I want you... Can you pull up these stats right now? Can you see their the rating when he's on the court with Embiid versus his rating when Embiid isn't on the court? Funny you ask that. I have them right here. They've played 800 minutes together. When they're both on the court, they're a plus one. It doesn't surprise me at all. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid they somehow put together. Don't, they don't complement each other well. They don't. Neither of them is a very good shooter. Somehow the center is the better shooter than the point guard, even though Ben Simmons is like a 6'9 hybrid point guard. He's a point forward, yeah. Combo forward. I don't really know what to say. But Ben Simmons, when the Sixers, when Embiid was hurt, just took over teams. Like, he is great when he's got spacing. He's great when he's got room to run. He's the kind of guy who is – the stuff that we're talking with Russell Westbrook – and Zion Williamson, that's the kind of stuff that he was doing. He's unfortunately when exactly what I mean, Jared Dudley that... said he was. What? He's at he's mediocre in the half court. Yeah. I mean, he's phenomenal 
when uh, in the fast break. Ben Simmons on the fast break is just when he's got a full head of steam behind him, he's gonna make moves right past. He's gonna bully you, and he's just gonna get to the and he's gonna get to the rim. But yeah, in the half court, he's not quite as good. He's a great passer, great passer, but. That stuff doesn't really work when you got Joel Embiid. And when you got Joel Embiid, it's like, what, is he going to go back to the basket every time? He can't really do that. He, like, he did score 49 points season high the other night, which is very hard to score 49 points as a center in the NBA since ben, when Simmons was out. But, like, I don't know if there's their team that can win as much. When they're really, I don't, really don't think they are. I think this is very... Um... This is very startling. Then the Sixers are could tumble down to as far as the sixth seed, which isn't that likely, but at the same time, it is possible. And so, yeah, they're both great players. Like the funny thing is, is that when Embiid was out, people were saying, "Oh, Ben Simmons is actually like a legitimately top fifteen player in the NBA." And when and when Simmons is out, people are watching Embiid. They're like, "Oh yeah, this is the Embiid that we all thought we were going to get." But when they're together, you kind of forget about both of them because of what a gridlock, really, their half-court offense is. And Brett Brown is just not a good coach in the first place. I think everybody is kind of under the assumption that there's got to be one that goes. And and Simmons, I think that's that's pretty accurate. I think Simmons has to go. Simmons would be so good on a team with just a little bit more space than Philly. If Simmons was Honestly, if Simmons replaced Westbrook... That Rockets team would be unstoppable. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Ben Simmons would feast on everybody. He's he's a great defender, we should say. Ben Simmons and Abdul yeah. Amit are both really good defenders. That Sixers team is great at defense. But here's something which I think, I don't know if it's telling or if it's just scary, but the Sixers are 27 and two at home. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but they're nine and 21 on the road. Yeah, that it's very weird. That scares you when they're like, oh, you're like, oh yeah, they're going to be the five seed. Like, no, what's no, they're going to be the five. They're going to be the five seed. Well, obviously, yes, the home fan. court, it matters yeah. in playoffs. But, like, there all, doesn't seem to be any reason for that because you don't think of Wells Fargo as, like, oh, man, that's a great, great place to play a game. The fact that they're 27-2 and two at home, what did, like what, what what can that even mean? That's better. There was a, there was a year that, like, the, the, the Nuggets. No, I don't know. The Nuggets, they went, like, 37-4 and four on the road. Yeah, which is really impressive. Or at home, sorry. Oh yeah, at home because the Nuggets have a really good home court advantage. Well, yeah, exactly, and but that's like that. That's the thing. Like they, it's it's easy to just see why. It's like they have the thin air and they just exhaust other teams. But like also Philly the, the is, 2016 uh, Spurs went 40 and one at home, which was one of the more insane years we've had. That was the year that I think uh, Zaza Pachulia stepped under Kawhi Leonard's foot. If I remember, if I recall, uh, no, that was 2017. 2017, 2016. How'd they lose? 2016 Spurs. How'd they lose? Yeah. Um. Hold on. Let me think. Okay. Twenty sixteen Spurs played. Oh, they. Lo- oh, they lost to that the Thunder team. They lost to the Thunder when the Thunder still had Durant and Westbrook. Yeah, they did. Yeah, and that was a historically great team. That's. That's. Not, it was unfortunate to see them not see them going up against the Warriors, but also that Thunder Warriors series was one of the best we ever had in NBA history. So I guess there is that. But what else do we get? So yeah, the Sixers. Oh, what a weird team. Like, we've been talking all year probably about the Sixers and the Rockets, like, at different points. Like, oh, one of these teams is great. Oh, one of these teams is super weird. But the Rockets really seem to have figured it out. I'm sure that teams are going to try something on them. Teams have been trying to double James Harden. It hasn't been really worked. It hasn't really worked. What I think they might do is, since the Rockets don't have, I guess Covington is, like, 6'8", but they don't really have a legitimate center. There were several games in a row where they didn't start. They didn't play anybody at all who was over six foot six, which is kind of crazy, in in a basketball league. Uh, but I think that teams might start just putting more guys in the middle against them. And then, of course, you're going to see the Rockets shoot more threes. But at the same time, Russell Westbrook might uh, be slowed down a little. So I'd be interested to see what happens if teams have a game plan where you double Harden and put in some. Uh, just big guys overall because you put the burden on people like Ben McLemore and Daniel House and Robin Covington, P.J. Tucker to make their shots. And the one thing that we've seen the Rockets is when the Rockets aren't making shots, they're in seriously big trouble. And so, and that that can happen just lots of – and that can get them in even worse shape because the way that the Rockets get out of slumps is pretty much only shooting threes. And when they aren't falling, like we saw in 0, and 0 for 27 against the Warriors – then bad things really, bad things can definitely happen. And the, the 
finally, I think the teams that we have to talk about, I mean, we could talk about the Bucks all day. The Bucks and the Raptors played a really interesting game the other night where the Raptors started off leading. Pascal Siakam has been great this year, but at the same time, the Bucks kind of just overpowered them. Brooke Lopez had some monster blocks, and the Bucks, I think, are clearly the best team in the East. The other teams have a chance. Like, again, like the, with the Lakers, the other teams have a chance against them, and the Raptors have been really exciting, but it, there's a good chance that the Celtics, for instance, take over the two-seed from the Raptors. And I don't know if the Celtics can beat the Bucks because the Bucks are just... Un- they, they seem like a really well-oiled machine with Giannis averaging an ungodly, what is it, like 28, 16 and a half, and 7, which is, those are insane stats, first of all, but Giannis is a wrecking ball. like 2014 Kevin Love on steroids. Exactly, but like, but also he might win the defensive player of the year award, and Kevin Love is not a good defender, and he's also on a good team. Kevin Love was on a very bad Timberwolves team. Yeah, those are, that's a good stats, bad team guy. Giannis is a Uh, great stats, great team guy. Yeah, yeah. And Bledsoe and Middleton. I mean, I hope they don't disappear in this year's playoffs again. But Middleton they... never disappears in the playoffs because he always plays the Celtics and he always just torches them. <laughs> Him and Beal just love against playing against the Celtics. No. Against the Raptors, it wasn't quite as good. Oh, they both disappeared against but the yeah. Raptors. But I don't know if there's anyone who can legitimately guard Giannis. I mean, there's a chance that we could see in a series I mean, of Sixers, Sixers against... Horford, obviously. Yeah. It's but... possible. The Bucks have... The Sixers actually played relatively well against the Bucks this year. They're the only team that I think has been decent against them. Celtics have played them well. Celtics have they won? Yeah, they won. Okay, so the, I, the Celtics, Celtics could do something. I think I we might have won two. I think we might be two and one against the Bucks. Maybe, but yeah. But it's I mean they could be beaten, but I just really like this Bucks team. But anyway, let's talk about teams who at the beginning of the season were the three teams that are sort of the favorites right now are the Clippers, the Lakers. And the Bucks. Let's talk about the Clippers and the Lakers. The Lakers, we did talk about the about them a little bit already. We think that they're the best team in the West, which I think before the season I had them as my four seed. And the only and what's basically happened is that I had well I had the Nuggets of the two, I had the Rockets of the three, the Clippers of the four, Jazz of the five. No, Lakers of the four, Jazz Jazz of the five, and the Lakers just jumped everybody and sort of fallen out the rest of the way like that. But I really. But I don't think we knew what to expect with LeBron and AD together, especially with their surrounding cast around them. And it's really been impressive. Like, did you see Alex? what Alex Caruso was doing? Alex Caruso is, like, a legitimate NBA rotation guy, which at the end of last season we were kind of just, like, making fun of Caruso because he just kept missing shots. There was, I, and he's from AM. Yeah, and also he is balding in, like, 24, which and a white guy. So it's, 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 it's not your classic, but he is built, by the way. Like... No, like you look at him, like he's. It looks Everybody like he spends, in the NBA is built. He is in the. He is in his the. Shoulders bo- are, he's in the bottom fiftieth percentile. His shoulders are humongous, which is not something I would have. I think last year is super skinny. But anyway, yeah, Cruz has been really good. Uh, Howard and McGee have sort of. They haven't been quite as good lately, but just the team overall. I do like the whole idea of each LA team getting a Morris brother. The Morris brothers always makes things more fun. I'm just sad that Marcus Morris that isn't the primary scorer on his team. Yeah, but. I think we need to talk about the Clippers. Are the Clippers all that good? Once again, we ha- I still think we have to wait for the playoffs to come around when they can fully unleash both Kawhi and Paul George at the same time. Can you fully unleash Paul George? He's been hurt a lot this year. Kawhi has looked like the Kawhi we all thought we were getting. We get, but playoff P exists for a reason. I hope, I hope he does because I have not liked what I've seen from Paul George's here. The thing is, they're incredibly deep. They have their bench could be if they really want it's like Montrez Harrell, Lou Williams, uh, who else do they got Landry Shamit. It's Pat Bev. Pat Bev, yeah. When you when you can put Pat Bev and Kawhi Leonard on the other team's top two guys, that's really nice to say. But at the same time, I really like. I think I guess their floor is high enough because of all their bench that they're going to be a good team. I mean, yeah. I think their ceiling is as high as anybody's. I, I hope I hope they can reach their ceiling, but I just don't like what I've seen from Paul George's here. And we know Kawhi Leonard can lead pretty much any team he wants to the playoffs and even a title like he did with the Raptors last exactly, year. Exactly, but the Raptors were a worse team. Raptors were very actually built relatively similarly. They had a lot of depth. Well, they had a lot of depth, but they didn't it, have a second superstar. They had a second star. They had in Siakam. Siakam. Siakam, yeah. And Paul George is... I, I mean, I hope he's better this than year's, Siakam. Yeah. This year's Siakam is better than this year's Paul George. Yeah. Though, which is unfortunate. But 
I don't know. I get, like we said, the Raptors are good this year because of Siakam. And because of Nick Nurse. And other guys, yeah. Nick Nurse is the be- probably the best coach in the league. <laughs> okay. Whoa, you're going to say Brad Stevens? Yes, Dad Stevens is the best coach in the league. All right, Brad. And it's a tra- tragedy that he has not gotten a coach of the year yet. Uh, I like Nick Nurse better. Of course, Brad Stevens is great. Of course, Brad Stevens is great, but Nick Nurse is... I, l- I love what he's doing with the team this year. And Kyle Lowry has really stepped up. It's a f- The Raptors team is fun this year, which isn't something you could really, you've really been able to say for a while, even though they won the title last year. I, I think their team was fun last year. Dude, they had Kawhi. How can you not be fun if you have Kawhi? Oh, they Kawhi? were not fun during the regular season. They were... I didn't like watching... Kawhi is a fun guy. I don't know about that. <laughs> Kawhi is very good. I think we saw... We can talk about the All-Star game a little bit. The All-Star game, which we both loved. I love the Elam ending. I think we should put it in the mid-season tournament, which next week, just uh, something uh, to tell you guys, we're going to be going deep into the NBA's proposed mid-season tournament. We're going to have Ari Cohen on. It's going to be a whole great thing. But So they had the Elam ending, and if you don't know what the Elam ending is, it basically means that So for the first three quarters, teams play... And to get a certain, and after, this is sort of like a, a revamped Elam ending. In the original Elam ending, they just play to a, a target score. But in this, they determine the target score as a plus something. Oh, it was plus 24 in memory of Kobe Bryant for this year's also game over who had scored, whichever team had scored more points at the end of the third quarter. And so we had a legitimately great All-Star game where, interestingly enough, you see uh, Kyle Lowry and Chris Paul come onto the court instead of Luka Doncic and Trey Young, which makes sense because Lowry and Chris Paul you can really trust in a crisis. Well, I mean, you should be able to. But so we had LeBron really going at it. We had Joel Embiid go just keep going and scoring and scoring. Joel Embiid, honestly, really made me think that, oh, yeah, this is, is a top 10 guy in the league. He's one of the best players in the league. But Kawhi Leonard was making threes all game. He did he win the MVP? Yeah, he won the MVP. Yeah, scored and, thirty and deservedly so because he was really on fire. I just thought they should have kept feeding the ball to him, but it was clear LeBron really wanted it. And so, if I mean the best players in the league, I don't know, I don't know who you put at the top. You probably put Giannis at the top, and Harden, although he's fallen back a bit. And there's LeBron. a case for Tatum to be top like seven. There's a case for Tatum to be top fifteen. No, no, no. Tatum, I would say is top fifteen. There's a case made for top ten. I'm not going to say made top, for top seven. seven. Do you want to make your case no, for top seven? No, 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 no. I would have to do more research. I would say that there's possibly could it's possibly could put Tatum at number ten. I would not say it's uh, quite that possible to put in the top seven. The guy who's on the verge of breaking in the top seven right now is Joel Embiid, but he's not there yet because he isn't performing consistently. And also, the performance isn't quite there when Simmons is there because they're just not a fit, and they make both of them seem worse. They should both be top fifteen players on different teams. Like, in the NBA, recently we've had lots of players teaming up to play on teams together, lots of duos and everything, and you you could imagine that Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid would be a great combo together just because the, by the fact that they're two great players. But like we've said, they fit together. They don't fit They don't fit together. It's really unfortunate that they kind of – I I feel weird saying this because the Sixers are a legitimately good team, and they were – one, they were one bad bounce away from making the conference finals last year. Wow, that's just such a low blow. Yeah, to any Sixers fans out there. Yeah, one bad bounce. I that ball bounced four times. I can't believe. They were, it. Yeah, so they were any. They had a any Golden one of those four bounces. Golden opportunity, but instead they're they might choke away the five seed, which would be rough. Would be a bad look. Although, if you're a Celtics fan, would you rather play the Pacers or Sixers? Be honest. I, don't know as current well i mean right with everybody healthy yeah with everybody healthy it's pacers yeah exactly but yeah well we'll see what happens maybe the Sixers are choking away on purpose just because they really dislike the celtics and want to knock them out in the first round i don't know they maybe they just don't want to play the heat maybe they don't want to play the heat are scary although they have been leveling up a bit lately yeah Yeah, a lot of teams have been leveling leveling off a bit lately clippers Jazz, Mavs. Clippers have not Grizzlies. been leveling off. They're at the three eh, seed right now. I think they're going to lose the three seed to the Rockets. But anyway, um, I think that's all we've got for you today. Yeah, again, I don't know if I finish on this, but the All-Star game was great. It was great to see that happen. The, it did take quite a long time, I want to say. Yeah, no, I, there was a point where I was with some friends, and I was I would look down or look away 
for like 10 minutes and the score would be the same. Yeah. The, the fourth quarter took 42 minutes, which for a 12-minute quarter is not what you want to see. But also, unless if you want to see really good basketball, it kind of is. It was great seeing great players go up against each other and try really hard, which is yeah. which is just as clear as you can make it. And you you got to see it, I guess, because it was really fun. And I hope we – I don't know. I think it's shaping up for really good playoffs this year. I like – the setup of a lot of this stuff. Hopefully we get some really good matchups as opposed to some kind of meh matchups. Like, no one wants to see Rockets Jazz again. And no one wants... And, like, Clippers Mavs is just kind of like, oh, yeah, you know the Mavs are going to lose. But Clippers Thunder, way more exciting. No, no, no. I want to pour one out for my homie Free Dawkins. Yeah, the... Whose channel was terminated. One of the best YouTubers for just having... Not, like, full games, but just, like, long highlight videos. Like, if you wanted some Steph highlight from, like, 2016 or something like that, he's your guy. Exactly. And, like, those, like, highlight videos are literally what I watch. Yeah. And, you know, he had stopped making videos, but his... At least he was still up. Yeah. Now all of his videos are gone. NBA, stop back in, like, the MLB and just let his stuff stay up. All right. Well, I think that's where we're going to end... Like I said, next week we're going to be talking about the proposed midseason tournament, which we have not really talked about on the pod. And Ari and I have some ideas. I think Sam is a little wary of what they're going to be like, but it's going to be a fun one. We will see you next week.